Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show across the nation from Atlanta, Georgia. The phone number 877-973-7425. Programming note, I'll be on with Aaron Burnett on CNN tonight to talk about the elections uh, from yesterday. Uh, I was on Fox and Friends this morning talking about the elections. Um Got asked if I wanted to talk about the shooting situation, and I, I really, I don't. These are the sorts of topics I don't like uh, because they're, but by the grace of God, go. I, as a parent, I sometimes think it's it's depressing. Um, I'm, I, I don't, I don't want to continue talking about the shooting, and I know some of you do. And I just, I don't like to talk about those events. I find them deeply sad and I find them deeply infuriating that so many people these days are so focused on politics that they can't actually find a way to come up with solutions because they want perfect solutions. That really frustrates me republicans one of the things they advocate for is additional security at schools there appears to have been an armed officer presence at this elementary school in texas and the shooter was not wearing um, body armor as some claimed he had the a tactical vest on to hold more ammo, but he didn't have uh, actual body armor. There was an officer. The officer, he got past the officer. It took a Border Patrol agent to stop him, who happened to arrive at the scene. God bless him. But Democrats are saying, CC, um, this wouldn't have worked. This wouldn't have stopped. This wouldn't have stopped him. So why do it? Well, because there isn't a perfect solution. Your perfect solution to round up all the guns isn't going to pass Congress. And it is unconstitutional. I don't want to talk about the shooting. I really, it, it just, it'll give me nightmares. But I, I need to say this. We're often in this country we find ourselves in in the problem of letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. There are good ideas out there, but uh, they won't solve all the problems. No one has proposed a solution that is passable or legal constitutionally that would stop these problems. You're not going to legislate away evil and you're not going to ban all the guns. I know some of you want to, I don't mean to be disrespectful to those of you who want to pass some major gun control package, but it's not going to pass Congress. So instead of trying to pursue the perfect that will never work and never happen, are there solutions? Take the issue of, of uh, law enforcement presence at schools or better training. Uh, some people are vehemently opposed to allowing teachers to have firearms in school. I actually think it's a solution. Not every teacher wants to do it. No teacher who doesn't want to do it should be uh, forced to do it. 
but there are teachers and staff at schools who would want to do it, who would be comfortable doing it, who could be trained well to do it. Why can't we do that? Because some of you don't want guns in schools, I guess. But you're not going to ban bad people from having guns. 70% of guns used in crimes in this country that are not crimes of love and passion are, are, are guns that come from the black market. The law-abiding citizens will give up their guns. The criminals will not. So what can you do? Can we, can we find a group of people to arm and put in schools? Can we improve the security at schools? Can we improve the training? Can we make upgrades to the schools? What can we do? What are things we can do? It's going to cost us money. And I'm a small government guy, but I'm perfectly happy to spend government dollars, our tax dollars, my money, to make improvements to schools to protect our kids. Give me something that will work. And thus far, what the Democrats want to do is ban the guns, restrict the guns, pass the assault weapons ban. They can't get it through Congress. They can't get it over a filibuster. What can they do without breaking the rules? And the problem here, every damn time something like this happens, the Democrats want to throw out a solution that they cannot pass under the existing rules. And so they demand that the rules be changed. Democrats, if you want to do something like this, here's what you do. Win elections. Win elections. If you're if you're that worked up about needing to ban guns, win elections. Instead of trying to change the rules under the existing system and get rid of the filibuster, win an election. And now instead of actually trying to pass a solution that could work, that could operate, that could get the votes, the Democrats would prefer to use the visuals of the tragedy in Texas to incite voters to vote against Republicans. And it's probably not going to work. It's not going to work because, as I have said, by the time November comes, people will have forgotten the tragedy. But they will have not forgotten the pain of the pump. People will have forgotten the victims. But they will have not forgotten the price of groceries. It's going to matter. That's what matters. It's the economy, stupid. This is a horrific, awful day. It's not pleasant to talk about a crazed gunman going into a school of elementary school kids and gunning them and their teachers down. It's not pleasant. I don't want to be here talking about this. There are plenty of other things I would I would prefer to talk about. But this is the news of the day, and we have to confront this news. Democrats and Republicans in the Senate are having small group discussions today to figure out, is there anything they could pass on a bipartisan basis that could overcome the filibuster? And many of the progressive activists out there want an all-or-nothing approach. They don't want something small ball. They want a big thing that would either be unconstitutional or cannot pass. 
Elena Treen, who, where is Elena these days? Uh, writing for Axios. Yes, Axios. She's tweeting out the most realistic path as of now seems to be through red flag legislation, which would allow authorities to temporarily take guns away from people considered to be a threat to themselves or others. Even so, several Republicans said they believe that should be up to the states, not Congress, which I would agree with. Legislation that would expand background checks or address loopholes on waiting periods are also being discussed, but currently appear less likely to overcome a Senate filibuster. Where's the increased funding for mental health? Could that not get bipartisan support? Where's the increased funding for training in schools? Where's the increased training supply of security officers for schools. I see the people say, well, I mean, they had one here and, and he failed. It doesn't always work. It's not a panacea. There is no panacea. There is no 100% solution. The issues are multifaceted. The shooters have different motives. They have different means. They have different weapons. You're not going to get a 100% foolproof solution. School shootings will continue. But can they be minimized? Can they be contained? One dead child is too many, but I'm sorry. The reality is it's going to happen again. Thankfully, summer break is upon us, and it'll give us a cooling off period and a respite from the copycats, from the inspired, crazed killers. But by the time the kids come back to school in the fall, can they do something? Can they can they boost security? Can they do better training? Can they rally teachers? Again, I, I mentioned this program. I believe someone emailed me and said it was on Fox News as well. My wife says it's considered the gold standard. She wanted me to talk about it on radio. It's called FasterSavesLives.org, Faster Saves Lives. It's a training program for free for teachers, for educators, uh, for those in schools who learn how to respond, be proactive. It's gun training. It's medical training. It's crisis management training. They do so much. FASTER stands for Faculty and Administrator Safety Training and Emergency Response. It's free for schools. But how many schools are willing to do it? There's become this dogma on the left. You can't have guns in schools. Well, you're going to have guns in schools. The question is, are you outgunning the gunman? It's just the reality now. I, I, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news here, but we're not going to pass a law that stops this from happening. The shooter at Sandy Hook killed his mother and took her guns. You're not going to ban people from having guns, so you're going to have shooters who take the guns from others. Columbine had been the worst school shooting, and it was while the assault rifle ban happened. They used shotguns. Question is, are you going to train people to protect our kids? Or are you going to decide that we can't have any guns in school so we can't do this? Are you going to decide it's not a perfect solution so we can't do it? Why are you making the perfect the enemy of the good? Put armed guards at schools. Yeah, 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 there was one there and it, did, it didn't work. But could it have worked at another school? Probably. Could it have deterred? Probably. It's not a foolproof solution. There are no foolproof solutions that are feasible, that are workable. 
You call in here, you say, give up all the guns, ban the guns. You're not going to. Because we have the Constitution, we have the Second Amendment. We have an individual right to keep and bear arms. We're not Australia. We're not Australia. We're not we're not Scotland. We're not Canada. We're the United States. Laws are different. A buddy of mine who's a teacher texted me, you can't increase security to make these preventable unless you turn schools into prisons. Security programs are already continuing with it'll never happen here mentality and lack security from teachers and administrators. You know, at my kid's school, you can't get through the front door. The doors are locked. You can't get through. They can be electronically opened, but you got to present yourself. You got to be known to get through the door. Strangers aren't allowed. What are the things that schools can do? You know, if you're interested in this Faster Saves Lives training, if you text the word DATA to 33777, I will send you a link. Uh, the funding is, is it's for there's no cost for school districts. It's donor-driven, this training. Again, it's supposed to be the gold standard for training for school districts, for teachers, for administrators, for those in schools. We've got to think different about the approach because we are different from other countries. We have a constitution that is different. We have laws that are different. We have institutional issues that are different. And we can't be afraid to say this is a good solution. It won't prevent everything, but it'll improve the situation. Armed officers at school. I, I There was one here and he failed. But that shouldn't deter us from trying it trying something and you can say well we got to round up all the guns but how do you overcome the filibuster in the senate is there something that can work without changing the rules of the senate and for you democrats who that's all you can think of is is gun control taking guns away well good luck campaigning on that in the country when there are more guns than people and we've had a gun buying spree particularly in the black community over the past two years because of crime because you guys on the left also pushed to defund the police effort the increase and gun ownership in this country comes from a crime wave that was inspired by policies imposed by a lot of Democrats around the country. Now you want to round up, round up all the guns. You're not going to do it. What can we do to improve the situation? I would submit to you there are things we could do that could pass the Congress, including with the filibuster intact. If you're willing to overcome the idea that we got to ban all the guns, because that's not going to happen. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. And I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, more importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, you can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, you can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, 
They've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it. And I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. All right, executive call here. Uh, We're moving on to other topics because there's plenty of other stuff out there that we've got to talk about um, that we haven't talked about. And one of those issues is the economy. We spent lots of time on it in the past, but not today. But uh, CNBC has this story out, the headline, The Great Resignation Looks Set to Continue. One in five people say they'll change jobs in the next year. A survey by PricewaterhouseCooper, more than 52,000 workers in 44 countries, indicates the great resignation is going to continue. Some 35% say they plan to ask their employers for a pay raise with the pressure highest in the tech sector. More money is the biggest motivator for a job change. Yet also, uh, people want to find fulfilling work. Um, this is something I don't know that that gets enough attention from enough people out there. COVID allowed people to reset priorities. A lot of moms decided they wanted to stay home with their kids. They wanted to become homeschool parents because they didn't like what was happening in the schools. They could see it firsthand. A lot of workers as well. Lost loved ones, lost friends, lost family uh, to COVID, COVID-related illness and other things. And they decided, you know what? I want to actually have a meaningful impact in the world. I don't like my job. I don't get fulfilled from my job. Uh, they don't just want to do the daily grind. They want to have a different, they want to make a difference in society in some way. A lot of people are leaving good paying jobs, some of them poorly paying jobs, and moving into jobs where they think I can either make a little more or even a little less doing something I love what their passion is. I, I got to tell you, um, I don't blame people for doing that, and not everyone can. I am genuinely blessed to do a job that I love to the extent that I can't actually conceive of doing anything else for the rest of my life. I, re- I really I really can't. I, I've had offers in the past to go do other things, and, and I sit behind this microphone three hours every weekday and can't fathom doing something other than this. I don't even have to talk about politics or even the headlines all the time. I talk about cooking. And I'm blessed with an audience that still wants to listen for the most part. But there are a lot of people who just get up, they go to work, they do the grind, it pays the bills, and they move on. They develop hobbies and other interests. But after COVID, more and more people want to be fulfilled in what they do. And I don't blame them. And by the way, the younger you get, the more you want to take your whole self. That's the phrase they use. Your whole self to your job. And that's running into problems with corporations where a lot of these younger employees are very progressive and and they want their whole self reflected in their work. So they want their progressive values reflected in their work. And they're running into problems where their businesses actually reach people across sections of America that are not necessarily woke. And the employees, they feel bad about it. It's like Google 
Uh, remember that the federal government lost out on being able to work with Google on some military projects because the employees of Google, they didn't want to help the evil, awful, nasty American government. But a lot of older employees now are like, you know what, this past year, these two years, they've sucked. I want to go do something that makes me happy, even if I've got to take a hit. And that's impacting major companies around the country and around the world. It's not the great reset. It's the great resignation. People saying, pay me more money to stay here or I'm leaving. And it is an employee's market. Employees are making good money right now because their employers can't afford to lose them. And a lot of employees are willing still to give out the money to go do something they care about. There's something noble in finding your purpose in life and enjoyment in work and doing it. And I don't think a lot of employers are going to be able to stop it from happening. I think the trend's going to pick up. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you would like to be on the program, I I gotta I gotta move on to other stuff because I don't want to stay on all the other news out there, all the attacks and the like. Uh, I gotta get into well some important news out there, the future, where it's going, where we are headed, and I want to begin with a montage Fox News played earlier on the election. Uh, and particularly the high turnout in Georgia. Today marks the last day of what has been a record-breaking period of early voting in Georgia. They're going to lock off every way that you can vote. This is the end of democracy in America. This is the beginning of the South the South Africa strategy. <laughs> it's, it's old school American. It's Jim Crow American. It's very much uh, sort of reminiscent of Jim Crow era tactics that are designed to have a chilling effect. I think you can at least say that it is Jim Crow adjacent. This is a party that does not like um, the browning of America. This is a party that is cheating at the polls. It's voter suppression. It's the new Jim Crow. This is the perfect time for them to use their political leverage to stand up and say, no, we're not going back to the Jim Crow era. The president himself said these feel like Jim Crow laws. What's your take on, on whether it is or isn't? I say it is. I mean, and I did grow up under Jim Crow laws. Yep, uh, all that voter suppression. Here's the local NBC station in Macon, Georgia, yesterday. The turnout defying predictions from many Democrats and voting rights activists that Georgia's new voting law could lead to a drop-off in voting. President Biden and Stacey Abrams, who's running unopposed in Georgia's Democratic gubernatorial primary, both likened the bill to Jim Crow last year. And in fact, it cost a lot of small businesses their money when Major League Baseball moved their all-star game out of the state, being persuaded by Stacey Abrams and others that it was Jim Crow 2.0. Stacey Abrams' campaign even uh, reserved the website Jim Crow 2.0. It became a talking point for the Democrats, and it cost small businesses jobs in Georgia. Now, that's just Georgia, but it happened around the country, and I continue to believe despite the tragedy of what happened in Texas, despite the Dobbs decision of the Supreme Court, which will be coming shortly, that the economy, inflation, those are going to be the biggest issues moving forward. John King on CNN 
had this to say and highlight the problems for the Democrats. Voters are diverse in different parts of the country. There are different races in different parts of the country. So you try to figure all this out, which races are going to matter most, what is the math. So can you turn out all your voters? Can you not lose voters on immigration or abortion or something? And how do you deal with all of these Democratic midterm challenges issues? Is Nancy Pelosi, you know, is she, does she want to stay if she's the minority leader? Will she only stay? If, well, you have a baby formula shortage. You have record gas prices. You have the stock market, which is heading turbulence right now. We're still coming out of or in the coronavirus pandemic and all of the things it did. The ripple effect of that. Uh, the, the issue at the border, many say a crisis at the border and Title 42 still up in the air, the stalled Democratic agenda. I mean, you know, so your Democrats running in primaries and runoffs, uh, but just as you saw Stacey Abrams trying to clean up, saying I need to be near perfect because that's the tough environment I'm running in. Yeah, it's got to be near perfect. And even near perfect, I don't know that really is going to help. The Democrats have a lot of problems and uh, we that's why they're highlighting Things like the school shooting, uh, things like Dobbs, because they can't run on their records. And you know who they're doing the worst with in America? Hispanic voters. Brian Kemp right now in Georgia, running against Stacey Abrams, appears he's going to have majority vote from the Hispanic community in Texas. Joe Biden today, with the latest polling, is at an all-time job approval negative. 55% of Americans oppose Joe Biden. Now, his approval is not as low as it once was. It had gotten down, uh, when was this? In February, it got down to 39.8%. Uh, it's The approval is 40.5%, but his disapproval is at an all-time high uh, with because of undecideds. Uh, is skewing this now. He's at 55.2% negative approval rating. The spread is 14.6%, the widest spread he has had. In the Reuters Ipsos poll, he's down 23 points. In Economist YouGov, down 7. Political Morning Consult, down 14. Harvard Harris, down 14. Quinnipiac, down 17. Um, it is a terrible, terrible poll for him. NPR, PBS, down 16 points. Monmouth University poll, down 17 points. The Reuters Ipsos poll, down 23 points. It's bad. Now, the Reuters Ipsos poll, that's among all Americans. What's notable is that typically an all-American poll leans Democrat more than a registered voter poll, which leans Democrat more than a likely voter poll. And among all Americans, he's down in the Reuters poll by 23 points, which means among likely voters, he's probably down 27 points. That's just that one poll. Now, Rasmussen, among likely voters, has him down 13 points. But among likely voters, there's a passion on the Republican side. If the Georgia races matter nationally, they matter in this way. The passion is on the Republican side. The Republicans are fired up in a way the Democrats are not. And the Democrats, they're, they're grasping for things to, to make headway. They're grasping for events. Now, if you're a longtime listener of this program, in fact, I've said it already this week, events do change things. Maybe the shooting in Texas will do something, but here's what I suspect will happen. I think the Democrats will overplay their hands. There will be a bipartisan deal that the Democrats in Congress ultimately scuttle because the Democrats in Congress want the issue. They don't want the solution.
They got to have something to run on in November. If they solve the gun control issue, people will pat them on the heads and say, thank you. Now can we get back to the economy and inflation? You suck on that. They got to have something. And they don't have anything right now. They don't have anything. And I got to tell you, um, I think despite all of these issues that resonate in the media, resonate with the press, they don't really resonate with the public. I, I think there's a Twitter bubble there. Uh, abortion and gun control are things the media loves. But Sean Trendy on Twitter, he writes at Real Clear Politics, he's one of the keenest analysts on politics in America. He noted that uh, the expanded background checks, uh, support for expanded background checks, voters in Nevada are tied on the issue between support and oppose. In Maine, in the state of Maine, more voters oppose expanded background checks then support them. So you're not going to get 60% of of the Senate to go along with a proposal when it's a 50-50 proposition in swing states, uh, when the swing state of Nevada. It's remarkable that we're in a situation where the Democrats are gravitating towards solutions on this that can't pass and, in fact, may hurt them. Think about the abortion issue. Uh, America, Democrats may be overwhelmingly pro-abortion, but Americans generally are not. Americans tend to lean pro-life, and yet in the Democratic bubble, in the media bubble, all of them tend to lean further left than where even the mainstream Democrats are between the progressives and the reporters. They're further left than even Democrats are on that issue, and they're further left than where Democrats are on the gun issue. But that sets the agenda and that sets the framing and that sets the, for lack of a better word, narrative of the Democrats these days and of the left these days. It's a fundamental problem for the bubble that the Democrats are in, and they've got to contend with these issues coming into November. Republicans, you need to understand this. You need to, you need to take this with you. Republicans don't have to do anything. All Republicans have to do is say, we're not them. We're not them. And it'll work because the voters are really angry with the Democrats. This this polling for Joe Biden and polling for the Democrats in general, it's bad. It's bad because of schools. It's bad because of inflation. It's bad because of crime. And I don't see it getting any better. I mean, I'm just looking at the polling average for right direction, wrong direction of the country. 70.6% of Americans in the real clear politics average say we're headed in the wrong direction. That's a 48-point spread. In the congressional ballot, Republicans are up 2.2%. That in large part is because the Economist YouGov poll, which has swung around a lot typically to benefit the Republicans, is is now Republican plus four, but the political poll is Democrats plus four. But Quinnipiac has the GOP up four. Monmouth has the GOP up seven. That's bad when the Democrats are tied or the Republicans are slightly ahead historically, it means the Republicans tend to do three or four points better than the generic ballot. A wave is building. And so what you're going to see now in the run-up to November, we're only in May, but remember the Democrats on pollster 
Doug Sosnick, who, who had worked for Clinton, he's worked for Biden, he's worked for the Democrats, he's worked for the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, says voters are locking in their minds by June. You've got a window and it is closing rapidly. The voters are locking in their opinions. And there's not a lot you can do, Mr. President. You can't figure out inflation. You don't want to figure out inflation. You can't figure out gas. You don't want to figure out gas. You can't figure out the border. You've got no solution at the border. And now the solution is to vilify the gun lobby. You know who the gun lobby is? It's American people. There are more guns than there are people in this country. And a lot of people are new gun owners in the past two years. Black women are the number one new segment of gun owners, followed by white women. And now that they've gotten their guns and they've learned how to use them, they don't want to take them away. And they also know your BS line about it's harder to vote than it is to get a gun is, in fact, BS because they've gone through the process of voting and they've gone through the process of getting a gun. You register to vote once, and then you can vote anytime. You show up, show your ID, you vote. you got to fill out paperwork every time you want to buy that gun. Most Americans don't know anyone who's had or wants to have an abortion, so that's taken off the table as well. I'm a broken record today on this issue, but it's because you got to process it. You got to take it home. You got to understand it. You got to take it to heart. In November, the thing that's going to matter is that people are paying way too much for gas. And the Democrats want to treat it as the new normal. But it's not just inflation, it's not just gas, it's grocery prices. They're paying too much for groceries. Things that were a dollar now two dollars. Things that were three dollars are now five dollars. The price of milk has gone up. The price of bacon has gone up. The price of beef has gone up. And they want to get you to stop eating beef. They want you to eat the Impossible Burger, the Beyond Burger, the processed synthetic meat. After years of telling you, the more processed it is, the worse it is for you. Now, please, to save the environment, eat the most processed thing in the grocery store: the chemical generated hemoglobin flavored fake beef. Yum. It's going to make Americans mad. And on top of all that, you failed in schools. You've kept them shut down. You put kids in masks. You, they've regressed in learning. They've regressed in writing. They've regressed in, in every subject. And you tell them it's not your fault what it is your fault. The blame game is astonishing. It's staggering. It's huge. And ultimately, on the shooting, there's a bad man with a name who's to blame not the Republicans. And with the economy, there's an old man in the White House with a name the voters are going to blame. And they're going to be thinking about the economy, and the blame there, way more than they are the shooter. The Democrats, the headwinds are still against them. They are grasping for straws. They are grasping for something. But the future, the future is not on their side right now. Events can change things, absolutely. But when you look at the vote of Hispanic voters in this country, they're furious with the Democrats. They were headed to the Democrats, and now they are headed rapidly into Donald Trump's arms. Not just the GOP, but Trump himself. They're headed into his arms. And the Democrats, every time they try to stop it, come across as, as out-of-touch bigots who use the phrase Latinx. And that's just going to make the situation worse there. It's going to have a cascading effect because the Democrats are in such panic mode now, they're going to start making mistakes. And those mistakes are going to make it even worse. You know how those mistakes are going to affect you, the economy, your retirement, 
all of the, the, the economic turmoil, y'all need to consider going with Gold Co. Now, listen, I want to tell you one of the reasons that I have decided after years of saying, no, 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 I don't want to work with a precious metal company because I, I don't think it's a good fit for portfolios. But that was before we got back to the Jimmy Carter economy. And with inflation the way it is, with the Carter-era economy having come back under Joe Biden, now actually is a pretty good time to talk to Gold Co., about protecting your retirement savings. Now, why them instead of so many other companies out there? Because a lot of the companies, I didn't know this until I started researching for myself. A lot of them don't actually sell you precious metals. They sell you certificates that claim you own the precious metals, but they're not going to send you the precious metals. So I'm skeptical, but I'm not of Gold Co. They're legit. They're good. They may be a fit for you. Maybe not, but spend some time with them and see. Particularly if you've got $50,000 more in your retirement right now. You don't have a lot of options. You can pad your savings with gold and silver. Reach out to GoldCo, 855-904-5933. You'll get a free wealth protection kit to learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. So call GoldCo and see if they can help you. See if they're a good fit for you. They've helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation and stock market crashes. They might be able to help you. Give them a call and see. Call them, 855-904-5933. If you don't have a pin handy, remember this. If you text my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, text my name, Eric, to 33777, I'm going to text you back Gold Coast phone number right now. It's a toll-free number. Tell them I sent you. Get the free wealth protection kit at least from Gold Co. Something you can do to get yourself educated, but they may be a good fit for you. Text Eric to 33777. I want you guys to know one of the, the weird things about radio these days is I got on some list. I don't know how. And I, I guess I'm in a catalog somewhere. But it is all of these people who pitch stories to come on the show. And, I, you know, oftentimes it's people who want to come on and talk about how marijuana cures erectile dysfunction or some nonsense like that. Here, here's a new one for you. Uh, Marvel and DC's War on God, the Antichrist Agenda. A, a pastor would like to come on my show and talk about how Marvel films are converting kids into Satanists and that in Doctor Strange that they highlight Wanda Maximoff, the witch, and quote-unquote, uh, Doctor Strange is pushing the envelope by making Satanists the heroes. thought it was comic book characters. This is why we can't have nice things, kids. It's like, you know, I actually read all of the Harry Potter books and I know people, I know people in church who think they are awful, who think they're bad. Uh, I don't think that's the case at all. I actually thoroughly enjoyed the books. But my gosh, people just become unhinged about this stuff. And now you got this guy trying to get on my radio show by telling me that the Satanists are winning because of Marvel and DC and it's an antichrist agenda. Now, I think the DC films are garbage. I don't think they're Satanists. They're just bad movies. Doctor Strange in, in the, um, oh, what, the, the Universe of Matter, whatever it's called, it, it, it was actually a pretty good flick. 
Um, I haven't told my kids I got to see it yet. I, I got to go to a preview in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago before it came out. But nonetheless, they would be upset if they knew because uh, they asked me about if I was still getting these invites. And I told them no. And it was true at the time that I did. And I just didn't tell them. But nonetheless, apparently the Satanists are winning because the Marvel films are doing good at the box office. You know what? Produce good Christian flicks and I'll go watch them. That's the solution.